The number last year was about one in nine. One in nine people were classified as food insecure. You can probably guess what that means just based on the words, but for those of you that don't, uh, food insecure means they do not know where their next meal is coming from. The number this year is one in six. One in six people in America. We don't have a shortage of food, but one in six people in America are considered food insecure. Yes, a good chunk of that is because of the pandemic. But it's a number that has been growing on its own even without the pandemic. It's just been amplified, of course, by the pandemic this year. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the fire you can't put out. My name is Melvin. I want to thank you so much for being here. Let's just get right into it. I used to belong to the food insecure class for a decade or better of my formative years. Those of you that have listened to the show for a while have heard me bellyache about this. And for those of you that have not listened for a while, I'll get into a refresher just a little bit. So we, we grew up dirt poor single mom, couple of boys. I didn't know my dad. Um, and we were, sometimes there would be food in the cupboard. Other times there were not. Um, we got most of our meals from socialism. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen all the Fox News specials. I've heard all the arguments uh, against. But without socialism we wouldn't have eaten as children. And at some point, we would very likely have starved. When school was in, we were doing good. When school was out, periodically we'd have to go to school and get the free meals that they hand out over the summer. In our house, it was not unheard of for about the last week, week and a half of any given month for us to have little or no food, or to go to a food bank. And it's not just going to a food bank that can be demoralizing. It's not just falling asleep hungry that can be demoralizing. But it's the very thought. We don't have a shortage of food in America. We just don't have good ways to get the food to people. I'll never forget the first day I realized that if you don't have money, you don't eat. And if you don't eat, you don't live. I remember a time or two, they, folks that I went to school with saw me in those food lines. And of course, school children can be cruel. And I would suffer. I would suffer the next days, days. Because a joke that funny has to go on for more than one day. I'm not food insecure anymore. I grew up. I got away from my parents. I say parents. I got away from my mother. Uh, I, I eventually met my father, though I did not know him during my formative years. I am now without father and without mother. Uh, my mother died. And my father is dead to me. They both took themselves away from me. Um, my mother effectively killed herself. And dad is just, I'm not what he's looking for in a son. 
Point being, I know I'm going on a tangent here, but I'm not food insecure anymore, but I've never forgotten what it was like to be in that place, to feel those feelings, to go to bed hungry, to struggle, to wake up in the middle of the night still hungry. It doesn't just go away because you're sleeping. To wake up in the morning, you know, anything, something, anything, you know, eat condiments, butter noodles, like ghetto, <laughs> ghetto ass food. Of course, when we got paid on the first of the month, you know, we buy up all this food and we'd eat like there's no tomorrow because maybe there's not going to be. I don't think that people should have to go through that kind of thing in order for us to agree that we all need access to food. And yet, here we are. There's a lot of people that need convincing. The Trump administration tried tried their damnedest. And they were able to cut the program a little bit, but they tried their damnedest to cut food stamps. Because for some reason, they don't realize that people need to eat. Well, it's too expensive. You're making these people dependent. I've heard Republican congressmen uh, say that it's akin to feeding a stray dog. What happens when you feed a stray dog, they say? They say it creates dependency when you feed a stray dog. These aren't stray dogs. These are people. These are your citizens. So what's happening in Congress is they're fighting. And I say fighting, but the Republicans have decided that the only thing that they want the bill to have is maybe, just maybe, a little bit of money for unemployment. Maybe. The biggest, the only thing that the Republicans really, really, really want to put in the new pandemic relief bill, the only thing they want is blanket protection for corporations who force people to go to work and get sick from COVID-19. That's the only thing they want to put in the bill. They don't really, they don't want anything else. And the Democrats are fighting tooth and nail. Uh, Bernie Sanders has been really loud about this recently. And they're fighting to try to get money back into the hands of the American people. Why? The eviction moratorium is about to expire. People cannot afford food. Because they're running out of what little resources they have left. Folks that have been out of work for a while are racking up credit card debt, trying to eat, trying to pay their rent. There was an article in the Washington Post recently, uh, and it said that more Americans are now shoplifting. Yes, this is, there's a spike. There's a spike in shoplifting. Melvin, what are they stealing? Cell phones, PS5s, big screen TVs? No. They're stealing food, the very thing that they should be able to have. Now, I'm not advocating that the government take over the production of food. We have a lot of different foods in America, and I know that a lot of that choice is driven by the fact that it is a private industry. I don't mind it being a private industry, but there does need to be some subsidization of it So that people do not go hungry in a country where we are not even kind of short on food. It's insane to me that in New York we can hold a hot dog eating contest 
where a couple dozen dudes will eat several thousand hot dogs in a day. And this is entertainment to everybody. I don't eat the meats. I don't eat hot dogs, obviously. But um, if, I, if I were hungry, perhaps I would eat a hot dog. Uh, two if they were available to me. But uh, 15 or 20 or 30 in a row when people don't have a goddamn thing to eat. And Mitch McConnell, who, by the way, is effectively your president. Because he is blocking everything. He decides everything that comes to the floor. And this is why it's become so pivotal in Georgia. That those two seats go to the Democrats. Because if the Republicans remain in charge of the Senate, we won't be getting any direct money to people. And people will continue to starve. And Mitch McConnell does not care. Mitch McConnell's job effectively for the next two years is to make sure that Biden can't get anything done. When Trump was president, it was to make sure that he gets everything he wants and only what he wants. But with Biden as president, if Mitch McConnell is left in charge, it will be to make sure that nothing, including food assistance, including direct payments to people, those $1,200 checks that we all got, to make sure that nobody gets any of those things. And if people starve to death and die and get kicked out of their houses, fine. That's the song that Mitch McConnell is singing. Melvin, what can we do? Well, stop voting for Republicans. Let me say Everybody that I know, Republican and Democrat alike, cashed those $1,200 checks. Some of us did it with glee and said, thank you, Congress. Some of us, not so much glee, just kind of hit it. Like, you know, all the anti-government conservatives, they just sort of hit it. They took the money. It's my money. They spent it. Oh, and they spent it on whatever they wanted. But they were very, very quiet about it. But we all cashed the checks. And the people stopping those checks from coming to us right now are the conservatives in Congress. They don't think that you should have those checks. Remember, within just a couple of weeks of taking office, I was going to say it was the first thing they did, but it was actually the second thing that they did. The very first thing that the Republicans did was they closed the Office of Ethics and people howled. They didn't think anyone would notice. Now, why would you close the Office of Ethics? Oh, yeah. Because you plan on being completely unethical and nothing has changed. The second thing that the Republicans did was passed a $4 trillion tax cut for rich people. People that are already dirty, rotten, filthy, stinking rich. They reached out to those, to those stupid, morbidly rich people and they said, We see you with your millions and your billions and we're going to make sure that you have more. And then took a look. In the hungry eyes of the ladies and gentlemen and the children. And said, we're going to make sure that uh, you continue not to eat. Because if we feed you, well, that's only going to create dependency. Giving people money so that they can eat is pro-life. Paying people to stay home so that they don't get sick and they don't die is pro-life. But... We must serve our rich, white masters. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, where there is disaster, somebody is getting richer.
I found it quite rich recently that Rush Limbaugh was bemoaning the fact that we can't come together. And he's just, he's just upset. He goes, it's just the liberals. They just, they just don't get it. They don't know how to be American. We can't come together with these people. That's crazy talk. But then it's not so much. See, part of the reason, if maybe the largest reason, that we can't really get together with our conservative counterparts, why we are so separate on this particular issue about what we should do about the stimulus, about whether people should get direct payments or not. The biggest reason is because Rush Limbaugh has been telling people, his audience, his deeply conservative white supremacist audience, that anybody that does not agree with you is your enemy. And here he is, 30 plus years later, bemoaning the fact that, my God, people, why can't we come together as Americans? Because when he says come together as Americans, what he means, remember, Rush Limbaugh has hundreds of millions of dollars Sean Hannity, too, hundreds of millions of dollars. And every day of the week, they tell you, you can't come together with those people. Why? Because we as progressives don't think that millionaires need more millions. We think that hungry people need more food, and they can't have you hearing that kind of talk. I heard an interview with Ro Khanna a couple of days ago, and somebody asked him, what about secession? These red states uh, want to secede. If they can't have themselves uh, a, a crybaby-ass, rapist, racist, white supremacist president, then they don't want to be a part of America anymore. And Ro Khanna said no. And, and by the way, I almost never disagree with Ro Khanna. And Representative Ro Khanna said no. Lincoln did his damnedest to hold this country together, to preserve the union. And we should continue to do so. Sounds nice, doesn't it? And I believe that when Ro Khanna says it, it comes from an honest place. But I also think he's wrong, dead wrong. I think Lincoln was wrong, and I think that Ro Khanna is wrong. And if these states want to secede, and they did this when Barack Obama became president, look, if they're going to cry secession every time they lose a presidential election, even when they gain seats in the House and Senate, if they're going to continue to cry secession every time they don't win the presidency because they've been told by people like Rush Limbaugh for 30 plus years that they should get every goddamn thing that they want. Otherwise, it's a travesty and the election's being stolen and they're getting effed over. If they want to cry secession, let them secede. Lincoln was wrong and Representative Rokana is wrong. Let them secede. We get, the, we get to keep the federal government. We, okay? Those of us that don't want to secede, we remain a part of the, uh, the federal government that is in Washington, D.C. 
and their representatives for those secessionist states get kicked out of the House and get kicked out of the Senate. Melvin, you're talking about a constitutional crisis. You goddamn right I am. If they want to secede because they can't handle losing, if they can't lose with grace and just wait another four or eight years or whatever it takes for the cycle to repeat, they just can't stand that the president's not a screaming, fat, white racist. Fine. Leave. Don't let the door hit you. Where the good Lord split you. These states will starve to death and die. See, the blue states subsidize the red states. The red states don't pay any tax. Blue states pay all the tax. We send it all to D.C. And then your representatives, including Mitch McConnell, including Kevin McCarthy, including Matt Gates, send that money back to their states. Even though those states don't pay the taxes, they get the taxes from the blue states. Without our money, without blue state money, they will starve to death and die. And when they come crawling back, please take us back. They probably won't. That'd be insane. Because they can't admit that they're wrong. Ever. Let them have their states. Let them have their government. Let them leave the union. They really are just dragging us all down. So marijuana passed the house, and I saw lots of celebration about this, but uh, you can't have that, ladies and gentlemen, because it won't get brought up in Mitch McConnell's Senate. So if you need that money, you need those checks, those $1,200 checks, yeah, um, if you're not getting those checks, that's because you were somebody that you know voted for conservatives. And marijuana, every goddamn buddy smokes marijuana. Not every single person, but lots and lots and lots. And, and it's never been a, 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 a progressive or conservative issue. It's a bipartisan thing. Uh, people from both parties definitely smoke. People from both parties definitely got lungs. And they are using. They are token. It's not just Snoop Dogg. It's lots of people. And yet... Even after this passed the House, it still can't get passed in Mitch McConnell's Senate. I just want to file one more thing under the nice things that we cannot have um, because of Republicans. Um, so the defense bill. Um, it looks like it's passed both the House and the Senate, which is good. But Donald Trump is threatening a veto. So the defense bill does a, a whole lot of things. And by the way, it's a massive, massive, massive defense bill. $741 billion. And this kind of thing, uh, these defense bills usually pass without a lot of, without a lot of guff because everybody's got pet projects in them. But Donald Trump has said that he's going to veto this bill if it makes it to his desk. And although the, the numbers to pass it were large enough that it would likely override a veto, I think that Donald Trump will still be able to do what is known as a desk veto, which is where he just doesn't sign it. He just lets it die on his desk, and then it has to pass again when the next president comes in. But Trump didn't like this defense bill, and there's two reasons why. One, because it strips the Confederate names from bases in America. And he says that we need to preserve our history by keeping those white supremacist names on those army bases. The other thing that it does, and this is probably the most unforgivable of all, it gives raises to the troops. Yes. Yeah, 
Yes. And Donald Trump said, no, no, we absolutely cannot have that. Our democracy really does hang by a string at this point. So Mitch McConnell has finally admitted that Donald Trump lost the election and congratulated Joe Biden, but he only did so after, after Vladimir Putin. This is real. Vladimir Putin, on the morning of Tuesday, December 15th, congratulated, finally, remember, Putin was one of the holdouts. Uh, leader of China was one of the holdouts, leader of North Korea, so we still haven't heard from the North, leader of North Korea. Uh, but Putin finally said, okay, congratulations, Joe Biden. We look forward to working with you, which is crap. He's, he's a terrible, terrible human being and should get hit by a bus. Um, but then, and only then, after Putin said congratulations to Biden, did Mitch McConnell finally say congratulations, Mr. Biden. Of course, he said it was because of the Electoral College, but we know what's going on there, Moscow Mitch. Because of the way that Republicans have handled the pandemic, we now have officially more than, so I think it was like 2,900 people died on 9-11. We are now losing somewhere in the neighborhood of 31 or 32 or 3,300 people a day. So it's like a 9-11 plus every single day. Think about all the things that they used 9-11 to justify. And we are now having a 9-11 every single day. Thanks. 100% thanks to the party of the pro-life. Our democracy is hanging by a string. And if, and if only white people had gotten to, to vote in the last election, whether they be men or women, we would not be here today. I talked about these maps that showed how people voted. And even a few black men voted for Donald Trump. The people that saved America whether you like to admit it or not, are black women. They, by the largest number of any demographic, voted for Joe Biden. And he better not let them down. You hear that, Democrats in Congress? You better not let them down. Black women saved this country during the 2020 election. And Stacey Abrams down in Georgia is working her tail feathers off. She helped Joe Biden win the state of Georgia. And she's working right now to make sure that Ossoff and Warnock get those Senate seats by turning people out to vote. Another black woman working to save America. So a couple more things, then I'm just going to get out of here. Um, this came across one of the wires I was reading. 14 hate groups. This is real. 14 hate groups applied for and received PPP loans. Uh, currently, 48 states are suing to break up Facebook, and I think that it cannot happen fast enough. Famously, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, uh, has said, uh, it's too This is real, and I'm paraphrasing, not quoting. It's too hard to compete. His words. He would much rather just buy the competition, and that's what he's been doing up to this point. And it's now a threat to democracy, uh, and it's now a threat to the world. And 48 states are suing to break up Facebook. Would that mean Facebook goes away? No. 
This would be what is known as the corporate death penalty. And Biden can play a gigantic role in this uh, by enforcing the antitrust laws that we have on the books when he becomes president. And I hope that he will do that because the reason that your tinfoil hat neighbor thinks that there's a tracking chip inside of the vaccine uh, that was put there by Bill Gates is because he or she has an effing Facebook page. And that that needs to get broken up and get, get broken up yesterday. Uh, there was a story out of Ohio where, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of the whole pay it forward thing where you, you roll up to the drive-thru, you, you pay for your food and you pay for the people behind you. Well, there was a story that came out uh, recently out of Minnesota. I said Ohio, but it was Minnesota, where uh, it happened that, well, so it usually when somebody does the whole pay it, I'll pay for my food, pay for the people behind me. The people, that, and this happened at a Dairy Queen, the people at the Dairy Queen said it usually lasts about, about 15 or 20 cars before it fizzles out. And of course, the way it fizzles out is when one car finally says, you know what, no, I'm not doing that. Paying for my own food, over. But about a week ago, they had 900 people do it. 900 cars in a row. Every single one of them paying for the, paying for the food for the person behind them. And it lasted two and a half days. And what this says to me, and they didn't say, hey, the person behind, uh, the person, uh, behind me, uh, can you tell if they're a Democrat or a Republican? Because I only want to pay for their food if they are a Democrat. Or I only want to pay for their food if they are a Republican. None of that effing mattered. People wanted to do something nice. People felt good. It's the holiday season. People felt like giving and they gave to one another blindly. And that's the way that things should be. I think that there is good in most, if not all of us. Definitely in most of us. And I think we, we cannot help but be a part of something like this and let those good things come out. And that's nice because the way that we treat each other online and sometimes the way we treat each other face to face and the way we, we argue for these BS rich white politicians that don't give an S about us is effing amazing. Donald Trump doesn't have our interests. Mitch McConnell doesn't have our interests. Kevin McCarthy doesn't have our interests. Matt Gates or any of these other uh, Nazis, they don't have our interests. So why do we continue to support them? We need to think about it. We really, really do. Um, so one of the other things that's come up recently, and I'm going to go ahead and, and say it. Uh, there was an article that came out <laughs> that said that uh, there's quite a few folks who are secretly, uh, very, very secretly, uh, rejoicing at the fact that they aren't getting together with family or that there are not going to be awkward-ass Christmas parties this year, and they get to use the pandemic as the reason, <laughs> as the reason why. Um, I'm quite sad. We're not going to see our family this year. We've went ahead and told them all, no, 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 and no. And it broke our hearts to do so, but... Uh, uh, the vaccine has started going into Americans' arms. The uh, Pfizer vaccine and the Moderna vaccine is just right behind it. 
Um, I feel like by the time spring gets here, we'll probably have three or four vaccines going simultaneously and we'll be able to put all this stuff in the rearview mirror behind us. So you get a, a respite from those holiday parties for this year, but your kids are going back to school next year and you are going to uh, have to attend those awkward ass parties again. But considering the year that we've been through, I think that you're going to be excited that you did. But here's the hard part. You got to get through the winter. This is going to be the hardest, darkest winter you've ever experienced. And I don't care where you are uh, on the political spectrum or on the economic spectrum, unless you're at the far, far, far rich end, because then maybe you don't really care about people. Um, Wealthy people don't uh, tend to be honest people, just my opinion. But if you're anywhere else on the economic spectrum, This is going to be a really, really, really hard year for you. And a lot of that is going to come from your mental health. My mental health um, was already not in great standing. I I am in therapy, though I've not gone for a little bit. The pandemic has really screwed with me. But uh, I'm going to go again. And for everyone else, I think the most taxing time is going to be the next three or four months for all of us as the pandemic rages and we work to get as many people onto this vaccine as possible and and we're gonna all we're all coming out of this with ptsd i'm sorry we just are and health insurance needs to start including mental health in the in the goddamn plans because we're all going to come out of this a little bit wrecked and don't be afraid to say that yes, you are suffering, and yes, you need help. This has been the, by far and away, since I was dirt poor, this has been the most trying year ever for me. And I am not even one of the people in America that is food insecure. So it gets harder, and I know that it does. And I just want you to know You're not suffering alone, and there are people out there. There are people out there that love you and that want you around and that want to help you, and that people really are, at their core, by and large, overwhelmingly good. That sun will come out again. We will be at concerts. We will be in these streets. We will be at those awkward-ass parties. We will be back out there again. Just hold on. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going home. Thank you for being here with me on the fire you can't put out. Our official home is tfycpo.podbean.com. We are also on Facebook. Uh, Questions, comments, hate mail, or just a general statement or inquiry, you can email us at tfycpo at gmail.com. We work hard to not only inform and entertain, but also to keep an open dialogue with you, our listener base. So feel free to reach out to us. And as always, thank you for listening. We are the fire you can't put out. And we will prevail. Rejecting austerity. Give us those checks, Congress. <laughs> so people ain't got to starve no more. Rejecting austerity in favor of prosperity. Special thanks to Kevin for producing. And thank you for listening. This is Melvin. Signing off. And now that I've woke you up. Good morning.